Welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I've figured it out, everybody. I have uncovered the secret to a good year-long quarantine, and that is doubling the amount of coffee you have each day. I know. I know it sounds very basic, but on a whim earlier this week, I got a latte with four shots, four shots of espresso. People have made fun of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen for getting that every single day of their lives. And here I am ordering it. And it did the trick. I was flying high. I was riding a moonbeam. I was doing my chores and I was elated while doing them. I know how these things go, so please don't slide into my DMs telling me that this is how addiction works and that it will only make it harder and harder and harder to have less and less and less going forward. But for right now, when I need everything I have to just power through the worst holiday season of all time, I'm all in, baby. I am all in. That being said, as I ride this caffeine wave into the new year, I want to share that officially this is the last episode of season one of Very Amusing. I never thought I would be launching a theme park podcast while half the parks remained completely closed, and never thought I would also be ending one under that same truth. But even still, I am so happy with the community we've built and the stories we've told and the episodes we've recorded. So thank you all so much for calling the Churros hotline, listening each week, and indulging this unfathomable whim to dedicate a month of this year and every year, may I remind you, to a Jewish theme park character who I one day hope to see in the parks in a Hanukkah sweater. Have I been tweeting it at Universal Orlando nonstop? Yes, I have. Have they bit? Only slightly, only a nibble. But I really, I really think if I commit about six years worth of this, oh yeah, baby, buckle up. This is going away. If I commit like a good half decade plus to this, they will put a blue and white Jewish star sweater on Shrek. I believe it. I believe it. What can you say? I'm a believer. We will be back in spring 2021, and until then, we'll be working very, 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 very hard on future episodes for season two. A few of them are already kind of broken out, they're moving forward, and I think that we're going to get to some topics, some people, and some interviews that you will all really enjoy. If you, like me, cannot even wash your face or open the fridge without some form of podcast entertaining you in the background, things will be business as usual for the next couple months over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Carly We have loads lined up for the end of December. We have bonus podcast episodes on the most overrated attractions at Disney World and Disneyland, a one about my absolute favorite things to do at Disney World that's in the works, and even one that dives deep into the backstories of Disney Springs. Because every building has like a full Walt Disney Imagineering backstory. It's true. It's true. And you can hear all about it on Patreon. So with that, we'll head into this week's news. But stay tuned for some more shrek nanigans you won't want to miss. We are winding down the year with some theme park news as we head into the busy holiday season at the parks, which are primed to reach capacity. But there is still some news dropping both stateside and overseas. We'll head first to Universal Studios Japan, where Super Nintendo World is primed and ready to welcome its first guests. The name is very confusing to me, by the way, since it's 
Super Nintendo, not Super Mario, and Super Nintendo World when it's actually just a theme park land expansion to the park, but that's my own problem to deal with and maddeningly spell check whenever I file a story. Is anyone else confused by that? Is it just me? Just me alone on this video game island confused? Okay, anyway. Late last Friday, Nintendo Direct provided a 15-minute long tour of the theme park land from Shigeru Miyamoto, and this land really is incredible as it looks. We weren't given too much access to Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge, the land's main attraction, which sees riders wearing augmented reality headsets to race on Mario's team in a real-life game of Mario Kart. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But we were given some other sneaky peeks that were whew, to die for including a tour of Kinopio's Cafe, 1UP Factory Gift Shop, and even the superstar-shaped popcorn container, which can be filled with caramel peach or mushroom-flavored popcorn. As a popcorn obsessive, I don't know how I feel about mushroom-flavored popcorn, but you know when I do get to this land, I'm gonna buy it. Guests can purchase cartoonish-looking power-up bands themed to Mario and Luigi and other characters and actually punch blocks! like in the video games, and take on activity challenges within the land and within this underground cave-like level that we saw from Nintendo Direct that seems way too cool. And I'm just so looking forward to more details of that functionality coming out. The land officially opens on February 4th, 2021, but previews began last night. People have been in this place by the time you're listening to this. I'm, of course, hoping for some details to slip out as an American desperately waiting for this to come to Orlando and Hollywood parks, which is confirmed, by the way, but without a time frame or further details. But odds are we won't see much of anything, since their theme park visitors follow the rules much more than Americans tend to. Either way, our friend Chris of TDR Explorer will be visiting during previews, so I highly recommend staying tuned to his social media and his website for when he is finally able to divulge details from the land. As for other theme park news, Disney unveiled the Epcot front entryway fountain and oh my gosh, it's a beaut! Thankfully, this one went better than their uh, other recent reveal of the new slide facade at Disney's Boardwalk Inn, which we touched on last week. Only... They fully misspelled Keister, had to remove the announcement, and then completely redo it to be spelled correctly. The drama, the intrigue, the unfortunate death of my beloved clown slide. And last but not least, at the time of recording this, we don't yet have full confirmation, but I hear that Gideon's Bakehouse, purveyors of my favorite cookie on planet Earth, are going to be opening at Disney Springs very very soon. So if you happen to be listening to this and planning a trip, do not miss out on grabbing these cookies. I keep a stash in the freezer, which has just been re-upped from my fantastic friends, Chelsea, Christine, and Dylan, who surprised me with a cookie delivery since Gideon's themselves doesn't ship nationwide. I had one for breakfast today, which I know is not a good adult healthy choice, but oh, they are so delicious. They're my favorite cookie in the whole wide world. All right, that's the news this week and update on what I ate for breakfast. Stick around for the final installment of this year's glorious Shrek-sember festivities. Someone else, but not for me.
the type of episode you can start a season with, but it certainly is one you can end on. We've had a lot of Shrek conversations this Shrek's Ember. We definitively discussed why and how on earth Shrek is Jewish, took a tour around the globe to every Shrek wave pool and wild ride, and celebrated alongside a group of revelers who gather each and every year to toast our main man Shrek. This is a theme park podcast first, yes, but sometimes on the road trip of life, you take a detour to a weird gas station, the world's biggest ball of twine, or an unfathomable art project that becomes its own mini-phenomenon. So, this week we've got another dose of weird that is a slight step beyond what we've already jumped into. If you listened to last week's episode, you, like me, were likely delighted by Grant Dufferin, the head honcho of Shrekfest. But Grant has one more trick up his sleeve. It's another gathering of Shrek fans, creatives, and artists, only this time, it's almost more unfathomable. As if putting on an entire Shrek-themed festival each and every year wasn't enough, Grant and his coalition of talented pals known as the 3GI also created Shrek Retold. Over 200 artists participated in this shot-for-shot remake of the DreamWorks film Shrek. We're talking mixed mediums, vastly different interpretations, all coming together to create what runs exactly like the original film. Cutting from live action to hand-drawn animation to truly every style that could possibly exist between the two, Shrek Retold is a bizarre triumph that stays true to the original story, but does so in a stunningly different way. When the 3GI's film debuted in November 2018, people went bananas. There was so much press about this thing. Vice compared it to a game of exquisite corpse come to life. And Wired, who interviewed artist Brian Shickley, one of the many involved, who quoted him as saying, You ever taken cough medicine, like the prescription stuff, after a really bad fever? That's exactly what it feels like to look at. There are so many artists involved. A full list is available in the show notes. But again, why tell you about it when I can give you a little tour of it for your ears? So here's a brief peek into the beautiful madness that is Shrek Retold. Once upon a time, there was a movie called Shrek. Shrek was widely acclaimed for its subversive humor Realistic farts and sincere heart. It truly was the greatest story ever told. By the order of Lord Farquaad. I am authorized to place you both under arrest and transport you to a resettlement facility. Oh, really? You and what army? Does anybody know where this Farquaad guy is? Oh, I do. I know where he is. Does anybody else know where to find him? And last, but certainly not least, Bachelorette number three is a fiery redhead from a dragon garden castle surrounded by hot boiling lava. But don't let that cool you off.
of your luck, I give you our champion! The crowd cheers. What? Congratulations, Ogre! You have won the honor of going on a great and noble quest, says... That guy, I forget his name still. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it? We both have layers. Remember when you said that, uh... That, that ogres have layers? Oh? I? Well, I have a bit of a confession to make. Uh, donkeys don't have layers. We... We wear our fear right out there on our sleeves. <laughs> Wait a second. Donkeys don't have sleeves? You know what I mean, Shrek. You know what I mean. Well, you can't tell me you're afraid of heights. No, I'm just a little bit uncomfortable about being on a rickety bridge over a boiling lake of lava. Shrek, I'm looking down. Oh, go to continents. Just let me go from here, please. But you're already halfway. But I know that half is safe. Okay, fine. I don't have time for this. You go back. Hey, no, wait. Donkey, no, let's no. have a dance then, wait, shall we? No. Ah, don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Do what? Oh, this? Get that! Wait, yeah. What? Are you Princess Fiona? I am. Awaiting a night so bold as to rescue me. Oh, that's nice. Oh, let's go. Oh, you're crazy. I'm just bringing her back to Farquad. Oh, come on, Shrek. Wake up and smell the pheromones. Just go in there and tell her how you feel. Donkey, it's me. I'm the princess in this body. Oh, my God. You ate the princess? No. <laughs> the ogre has fallen in love. With a princess! <laughs> oh, good love! <laughs> Fiona, my love, we are but a kiss away from our happily ever after. Now kiss me. Mm. By night one way, by day another. I wanted to show you before. Are you alright? What? Yes. But I I don't understand. I'm supposed to be beautiful. But you are beautiful. As you can tell, it's a trip, but also a triumph. Similar to what I discussed with Grant last week, his focus may be on increasingly silly ventures, but they all take so, so much hard work. So, of course, of course, as a continuation of last week's interview, I had to ask him some more questions about how he even found 200 people able to meet deadlines, create the art themselves, and contribute to this somewhat masterful effort effort, since, as you're about to learn, he tried to make Shrek retold once before, and it did not come together. So here's Grant talking about how he got to this final form of a glorious gift from the heavens for us wonderful Shrek heads. So Shrek Retold is a remake of Shrek, but we did it in a special way where we got a hold of a ton of different animators, filmmakers, voice actors, musicians, and divided the movie into a bunch of small scenes and had them redone by this group of artists that we've kind of, you know, networked with. And the end result is a scene-for-scene -scene 
crowdsourced remake of Shrek. Everything redone. Soundtrack, the music, the visuals, everything. I wanted to do something of this nature, like of a crowdsourced feature film. I've wanted to do since before Shrekfest. And then when I started to get some clout for being the Shrekfest guy, I was able to ask people to get aboard with the project because I asked people beforehand and I got nobody on board for Shrek Retold. And then I tried again in like 2017 asking people. It's like four years later. You know what I mean? I tried to do it like a long time ago. Then I tried to do it again in 2017. And then since I had a website that talked about Shrekfest, that was like credibility where people are like, okay, this guy's not just some random guy. He's a self-proclaimed Shrek head. It was people that we were familiar with that we knew online that were fellow content creators that we were cool with. And then also a lot of people that jumped on board the project were able to point me in other directions like, oh, you know, this is more common than you think. Look at these projects. And they what they introduced me to was reanimated projects. Do you know what reanimated projects are? I don't. It is like Shrek retold, but like SpongeBob. But they, they keep the same audio too. So anyways, there's a ton of these projects. And I looked at one specifically Mama Luigi reanimated with an episode of the old Super Mario Brothers cartoon show, if you remember that from the 90s. And um, they, or they had a spreadsheet that said all the artists that were involved with that project. So I contacted every single one on that list. And I'm like, hey, I'm doing this. So, and I did that for another one, a Steven Universe reanimated. So it was a lot of that, you know, just trying to find competent creators. And then towards the end, when there was just a couple cracks I needed to fill throughout the project, maybe somebody dropped out, maybe somebody only did half their scene, stuff like that, little cracks need to be filled. Uh, I did a call on social media, like Facebook and Twitter that said, this is what I'm doing. If you're able to make something quickly, um, hit me up. And that's how we finished it off. How long did it take for you to put all that together? Um, from start to finish, it was like 11 months. So it was under a year from, from, okay, I'm going to sit down at my computer and write out a beat sheet for Shrek. From that moment to it is uploaded on YouTube. That was 11 months. Oh, my God. And I, I can't believe that it's free. Of course, I would if I tr- I couldn't charge. It's like probably so illegal that movie. I don't know. Like we got covers of songs and stuff, but I don't know how to do that. Like I don't know how to do it legit, and I have no interest in doing it legit because I'm able to do it not legit, just fine. Yeah, it's a glorious gift to the universe. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome, universe. <laughs> I guess my last question for you is how does it feel to have created this community around a character that's so ostracized and yet now he is bringing so many people together? I think Shrek is a special movie and it's for reasons that I do not know and I'm not going to pretend to know. I have no grand insights into any of this. Like I'm just as curious as anybody else is like, what is going on with this Shrek thing? Like it does, if it's, yeah, it feels weird. Like, it it, it feels weird because it couldn't happen with any other movie. Like, another movie that came out the same year as Shrek is Monsters, Inc. But if I heard about Monsters, Inc. Fest, it wouldn't... It, it's not there. Like, why, why Shrek? And I don't know. I don't know. 
Even as a fan of Monsters, Inc., I know he's right. Clearly, there's something special about Shrek. Something that causes people to, I don't know, do something like stay up all night animating a scene from a film that's being recreated from scratch. Have you ever spent 48 straight hours thinking about Shrek? Because I have, and so has our next guest. I wouldn't be accurately reporting on Shrek Retold if I didn't talk to at least one of the participants who contributed to it. So brace yourself for the one and only Jamie Loftus, a writer, animator, and podcasting legend who has many irons in the audio fire, but is primarily known for the fabulous, the famous Bechtelcast. Jamie created Scene 65 when Shrek is trying to grapple with his denial over his feelings about Fiona, and it's something. All month long has been a dive into the deep waters of Shrek fandom. And spoiler alert, we're about to hit our toes on the bottom of the pool just before we shoot ourselves back up. I knew she'd be a perfect person to speak to about all things Shrek, but holy wow, I did not know how deep the wormhole of Shrek fandom would go. This one feels like taking a spiral slide all the way through the universe and ending up spinning out on Shrek's swamp. And it's a delight. You're about to learn some magical surprises about Shrek comedy and meme culture from podcasting royalty, so get excited to end this year on a high note. Now, a bitsy warning up top. Parents, there is nothing technically inappropriate in the next segment. All profanity will be bleeped, as always. But there are a handful of references to the human form and how one can trade imagery of it, if you can't find it. So keep that in mind. But if you can, you should listen, because it's a dang delight. Okay, here we go. Here is Jamie talking about all things Shrek. How on earth did you find out about Shrek Retold? I... I was trying to remember. I believe what it was was a comedian friend of mine, Josh Fadum, who is like one of the funniest people of all time. Uh, He knew of it and he knew I liked Shrek and had worked in the work. I mean, but I had I had done a lot of uh, Shrek tangential comedy and so he just was like, I'm I'm going to connect you through an email and um, so so it was kind of a beautiful, uh, creative blind date with um, with 3GI. And because he's like, I don't know anything about Trek, but boy, do I know someone who does. And that was me. <laughs> I unfortunately, in my pre-interview research, was not privy to this of your long history of Shrek comedy. Oh, yes. I had done it for a bit. Uh, I had a good resume going in for this. Um, I, Because <laughs> this is... Because, I mean, they were putting it together for so long. Because I think that I submitted my portion of, like, of, of Shrek Retold in, I think, January. And then it came out at, like, the end of the year. It was, like, so... I mean, they had so much work to do, I'm sure. But... Um, I had done this thing in 2015 where I had I had performed as Naked Shrek in Boston. And so it was like me and my comedy partner in Boston. We like painted ourselves totally green. And then at the end, we stripped naked and we were we were Shrek nude. And so it was like, yeah, that was like five years ago. And then this is this is upsetting to describe. 
<laughs> it's funny because every time every time someone gets mad at me, they'll like dig up that story and be like, How can I take you seriously? You you were <laughs> no, Shrek I'm, nude. I'm unable to breathe because I thought I thought someone reanimating, like crowdsource reanimating the entirety of Shrek would be like the <laughs> deepest this bizarre wormhole would go. But no. it keeps going. It keeps it truly like in a way that I very much appreciate. It keeps going. So I had done I had done Shrek nudes, and then later Shrek nudes kind of had a second resurgence because I I I sold some Shrek nudes for Planned Parenthood, and so then there were all these. I I, I if if I were doing it today, I would not do it. But I was like. 22 and I'm like sure I'll sell my nudes for a good cause and so sold the Shrek nudes so the Shrek nudes I mean they're presumably still out there we don't really know oh now I got another episode I got a report (laughs) (laughs) where did the Shrek nudes go um and then I had also done I'd written a piece also while I was living in Boston where I saw the same community theater production of Shrek the musical uh six times in one week and like just (laughs) felt um the just slow release of i just killed a lot of brain cells watching shrek the musical so i was like i was like in i was ready for this new shrek challenge i i i didn't i can't believe how lengthy of of a a shrek career you had this is it's honestly embarrassing it's like it's it's a secret part of my I feel like um I feel like Winona Ryder at the end of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a pretty big triumph personally. <laughs> when you found out about Shrek Retold, like mm. what was your instant reaction? I was just I <laughs> maybe like a little bit of relief that someone had like gone even further. Um of like, okay, so <laughs> there's you know like you're like oh i'm you know i'm down here in this in this pit but then you're like wait it goes it's it actually reaches the core of the earth and now it's like where 3gi was was like at the core of like the most the hardest commitment to shrek shrek media and shrek collabs this is my definitely my first shrek collab and um it was great especially when they started like alluding to who else would be contributing where I'm like holy this is like a really good group of people I don't know it was just it felt unreal to me because it's such a vast thing um so I was like I really enjoyed working on my part of it and then I sent it and then I kind of forgot about it for a while and you would get like emails every once in a while of like it's coming together and you're like you're kind of like there's no way there's no way but then it was, it's, it's perfect. Like it's still, I was going through it again last night. I hadn't watched it in a while. And I'm like, it really is perfect. It, it works. <laughs> That's the weird, like it works. It should not work. But it and works. And yet, and yet it like works so weirdly. Like it's, I don't know. Uh, it, and also with with like 3GI, it's just always nice to see someone making their perfect art. And this is the perfect art. It's so good. Are you by any chance somehow able to describe your segment in words? Because I tried to and failed and would oh my love to see if uh, you're able to explain it. I feel like, okay, so I'm like, my, my segment's very referential. 
Rachel. I animated it myself. Um, really rudimentarily. I, so I didn't realize that you have to do like original audio. And so <laughs> the reason the audio in my segment sounds very like robot-y is because I simply didn't realize you couldn't use audio from the movie and that is illegal. So I, <laughs> that was a quick fix was like finding an automatic, automatic voice generator and just having the character speak like that. But then it was, yeah, there was, I, I just... I love, I'm a context head. I love some context. And I, the moment I'm covering in the movie, it's kind of like a connectory kind of minute. Um, there's not much happening. So I was like, okay, let's add in a little, a little bit about, um, a little bit about the author of Shrek. So we can, so we can learn the and And then I also added in a little bit about the Steve Harwell bread controversy, which, I was, which I wanted to know, you know, it, do people, were you familiar with the Steve Harwell bread controversy? I don't even think I know this now after watching your segment. Oh, wow. Okay. So the Steve Harwell bread controversy has to do with the, uh, the, the lead singer to Smash Mouth. And he, I believe, uh, makes a brief appearance in this segment. And, um, one of my favorite elements of, uh, Smash Mouth, and this was like, this happened in 2015, which was just a big year for me and Trek, was uh, Smash Mouth was performing at like this huge, I don't know, outdoor festival that people go to by accident for free. That was like how they, what they were doing at that time. And uh, they, someone started throwing slices of bread at the lead singer, just like full slices of bread and it was um everyone laughed and that's not nice and so that was so there is like a man who gets hit by a slice of bread in the segment and that's a that's a reference to Steve Harwell getting hit by the slice of bread and losing it and then uh Shrek uh really reckoning with his inner feelings he's thinking about telling Fiona that he loves her but then he keeps getting emo and he he puts on eyeliner and um expresses himself to donkey but donkey can't hear him how long did this take you to make i i want to say like two days (laughs) (laughs) probably two days is about (laughs) is about how long that's what i find so funny about all of this like everything in this 3gi universe is that mm-hmm. on the surface, it looks like a meme. It looks like a joke, but it truly, it's all powered by so much hard work. It was, yeah, like it I, It was like, a, I, if I'm remembering right, it was like an all-nighter kind of thing. I don't know. It feels like a weird project to work on during the day. What do you think <sighs> it is about Shrek that has this like unexpected lasting power? I I've thought about this too much over the years. I don't know. I mean... I feel like it's Shrek is like it's weird because it's like it is an essentially good story. Like the the source material is really good, and it's a really sweet book. But it's just like the most. I feel like it's just fair game to make fun of infinitely because it is as far as children's media goes at that time at least like one of the most transparent cash grabs. Like to the point where even kids are like i don't like the i remember watching shark when i was a kid and being like this is awesome i have no clue what they're talking about 
and like all of these weird boomer references are just like what sustained this movie that I'm like I have no like I'm not going to be able to explain many of the references in Shrek to my children I don't know what they meant uh and just like the essential pettiness of Jeffrey Katzenberg for making it in the first place it's just it's it's like a miracle that the movie is good and it's so good because it's so petty and weird and full of obscure boomer references but also mother goose like it's just it shouldn't work but it does and so I feel like yeah it's just it's just eternal fair game because there's no I feel like there's no argument that anyone at DreamWorks in good faith could make to be like no Shrek was a, a purely artistic endeavor like it's so intensely commercial that you you gotta laugh you get because it's good anyways this was incredible <laughs> is there is there anything else you want to speak on about shrek oh um <laughs> probably not i guess i would just shout out shrek the musical um because they can always use the press and uh not a lot of people i feel like people forget that how famous uh, the cast of Shrek the Musical was. It was Sutton Foster as Princess Fiona. Uh, I'm pretty sure the entire professional recording is on Netflix. And oh, it, it is. is. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. There's. It was ugh, the the past week where people have been ragging on uh, Matthew Morris and Grinch. I'm like, uh, we need to like remember what the the worst musical with the green man is and it is brian darcy james's shrek just belting through 50 pounds of prosthetic makeup it's incredible wait it's I, incredible is, i think i think the it's good fair. okay it's good right i was like did seeing oh, it so six times in six days rot in your brain like oh no <laughs> no it's like it's good i feel like Shrek, oh my, we could just go forever, but like Shrek the musical corrects a lot of the tonal issues I have with Shrek the movie, and it digs deeper into the psyche of Shrek. You get to know how he's feeling a little more, you know, it's like, uh, and then Donkey has the best song, like everyone's songs are so good. The, the cast is too talented. And then I've also seen, I've seen Shrek Jr. as well. I'm sorry, um, what? They... You know, like it's like, oh, it's guys and dolls, and then like, okay, oh, okay, like, it's like the step down high. version. Oh my gosh, they were doing one uh, when I happened to be home uh, in my hometown, and so we went to support the arts and see Shrek Junior, and uh, it was it was a trip. It was a trip. It was wild. The parents were so supportive. They were all like, they had little. The parents were green. They were excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, this is the most fun I've ever had while working and with that my friends Shrek-sember has come to a close Thank you for indulging my need for Jewish representation in the theme parks, my delight over a Wisconsin festival that revolves around a giant green ogre, and my passion over a Shrek-shaped shirtless figure hanging over the world's largest indoor wave pool in New Jersey. 
Thank you to our guests, in some cases their moms, and to everyone for allowing this odd distraction into your life during what can only be described as the strangest year we will have ever survived. And don't think, if things are regular in 2021, that we won't be blowing it out in a similar way next December. After all, only shooting stars break the mold. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Hi, Carly. This is Tammy in Ohio. And first, I want to say I thoroughly appreciate all the Shrek December content and all you teach people about Hanukkah on your Instagram, through your podcast. I thoroughly appreciate you. Um, helping to educate us who weren't raised Jewish to appreciate other holidays. But I want to make sure you're aware of something. Since you don't celebrate Christmas, but you do appreciate the Muppets, you might appreciate an obscure film made for TV in 1987, I believe. It's called Muppet Family Christmas. Make sure you look it up right. It's not Muppet Christmas Carol, not any other Muppet version of Christmas. It's Muppet Family Christmas includes... The original Muppets, it includes Sesame Street characters, there's Fraggles, there's Muppet Babies. It's amazing. So I just thought you might appreciate this gem. You can find it on YouTube. And even if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you like the Muppets, you're going to like this. So thanks for all you do. Hope you keep creating great content. Ooh, thank you for this tip. I'm actually planning to take either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day off to eat some junk, burn a tree farm scented candle, and watch a bunch of fun Christmas movies. So this one is definitely going to the top of the lineup. I know, I know, my Instagram candle talk has made it onto the pod, but whatever, I'm a holistic brand a.k.a. just a human who has nothing to do but sit in her house and burn candles for entertainment. Now, I'm floored that nobody, no 
nobody has recommended this to me before and has only bumped a Muppets Christmas Carol. I always assumed I never grew up watching that, and so I could never get into it because of that, since I just have no attachment to Christmas Carol. But my friend Leah of Love and Lion, she's the best, is also Jewish and loves Muppets Christmas Carol. But this Muppets Family Christmas joint sounds way more my speed. Thank you so much for this lovely call and for letting me know how I'm going to spend the rest of my week. Hey, Carly, it's your friend here. I just wanted to say I love the show and I look forward to every Wednesday. I do have some inside information. Not sure if you want to put this out or not, but the Toy Story restaurant at Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios has been put on hold and maybe canceled as a project. The building is built, but they are not going to work on the interior for at least a couple of years, if it happens at all. Um, so anyway, if you want to put that out there or not, be my guest. Have a great day. Thanks. Oh my gosh. We are ending the year with a huge dose of Intel. Thank you so much to the anonymous tipster who called in that hot tip. Holy heck. I can't believe that. I have not heard that from anyone else. And considering that They had already cleared the space for it, and that project was moving ahead. I assumed it would be going forward because everything else I know of that's currently under construction and moving ahead is moving ahead. But this is not. Supposedly, supposedly, supposedly. We don't know how accurate this is, but I am guessing this is an extremely accurate tip because it's very specific. So wow, 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 wow. Thank you so much for calling in. Wow! We got dirt, y'all! We got dirt! Hey, Carly. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. I hate talking on the phone, but I do have a question. I was wondering, so now that people's annual passes are starting to expire, how are influencers going to be going into the park and making any content? Because it seems unsustainable to purchase, like, one-day park tickets. So is Disney going to help them? What's going on there? Love any insights. Thanks so much. Bye. It's true. I hate picking up the phone and doing things. So thank you so much for calling into the Churros Hotline. So I can only comment on this based on what I've seen from friends and in my own feed. But generally speaking, I think you're going to see a lot more Disney at home content than ever before for the next year. Some Disney influencers, in in the wide sense, we're talking about not just Instagram and TikTok folks, but people who run family-oriented websites and YouTube channels. Some of those people have been going to the parks, both on their own as well as in partnership with Disney, which you can see coverage of on Disney Parks blog. However, While some are visiting the parks, others aren't for reasons beyond annual passes. There are a number of Disney influencers that live in California, where no theme parks have been open since March, and other Disney influencers throughout the country and in Florida, who, for myriad of pandemic-related reasons, are choosing to not go to the parks right now. You have to also keep in mind that it's more than just annual pass access. It's tricky for some people with large followings who may want to go to the parks to go at all. There never used to be a negative reaction for someone going to ride Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And now, if someone with a large audience does make the personal decision to go to the parks, it's on public display for everyone to opine on. And that can shake out different ways depending on where their following stands on traveling during the pandemic. So that's the landscape. 
As per your question, in terms of visiting the park and making content being unsustainable if someone lets their annual pass expire, I'd assume they're just likely to shoot similar content at a Disney World hotel or Disney Springs or something like that. Free access to Disney World is not generally widely offered up unless it's part of a specific event or a media opening. So I'll assume, as usual, they'll just have to be creative, which they are and have continued to be. So thank you so much for calling. another season of the Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find the Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's our show and our season. Thank you all so much for listening to the first season of Very Amusing. It's a pandemic, half the parks are closed, and many of us opted out of our Disney and Universal trips. And still, we were able to come together and enjoy and celebrate these stories and characters and shenanigans we love so much. And I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you for being here, for listening, for sharing, for tagging, for downloading, for subscribing, for all of it. Thank you once again to Grant Dufferin of the 3GI and Shrekfest and Shrek Retold for his time and his resources and for allowing me to pull audio from his wonderful projects. Thank you as well to everyone involved in Shrek Retold and, of course, Jamie Loftus. Check her out on Bechtelcast as well as on her Mensa and Lolita podcasts. I'll link out to her podcasts in the show notes, but I have to add, her website is absolutely epic. Yes, you should listen to all of her projects, but go to her website. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Thank you to everyone listening who subscribed, shared, rated, reviewed all year long. Please remember that if you missed any other ones, if you joined us late, you can always bop back and give it a listen or even share with a Disney or Universal loving friend who is missing the parks as much as I am. This podcast goes week to week and you really don't need to listen to them in order. All you need to know is that I argue with my friends about nacho cheese. There is only one way to correctly turn at Epcot World Showcase, and it is left to Mexico. And everything else I think you can probably piece together. So if you missed a few, feel free to go back. You won't, you won't feel lost, I promise. I promise. Unless you turn right, and then you will. If you want even more stories, secrets, and shenanigans while we're on hiatus the next couple months, head to Patreon, patreon.com slash Carly where we are partying each and every week with bonus episodes, Q&A blog posts, and a monthly zine. And this month's zine, it's going to be the best one so far. I don't want to insult old me, but what I have in store is going to be a riot. That's all I'm going to say. 
So keep up with me while we're between seasons by following me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Carly Wiesel, or join my Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. And please keep in touch. Say hi. And if you want, keep on calling the Churros hotline. 747 Churros will be up and running. And so everything you call in will just be saved and locked and loaded for next season. And hey, if we happen to get enough calls, maybe we'll even do an intermittent episode or two about your calls. But only if we get enough, so I'm not promising anything. So that's on y'all. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm a reporter by trade, but this is my first foray into plopping up to two hours of theme park content into your ears every single week. And I'm so grateful for all of you listening who stuck around and had as much fun with me as I have had producing this for you. So thank you. Happy holidays and happy new year. Very Amusing is edited strongly by Jeff Box. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hey, sweetheart, it's mom. It was another great podcast today. I love them. But I want you to know I was listening to the podcast for like 31 minutes, and then I heard people call in, and the two questions that called in, sounded so familiar and I realized it was last week's episode. Oh my God. I don't know how I did that. Anyway, I'm so happy to hear about Shrek Fest next year in Indiana. That means you're coming home. Yay. And I'm going with you. I don't care. I'm going with. Uh, I loved your happy birthday song and those lessons did pay off. And of course, now you know that I'll be wanting a song for my birthday. Yeah. Anyway, Deanne was great. She's adorable. Please say hi for me. And I can't believe this first season of Very Amusing is almost over. I'm kind of sad. But I, I'm wondering if can I still call 747 Cheryl when you call me back? Can I leave messages? Anyway, that's it. I love you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, sweetheart.